The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome listeners. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. So you've chosen to waste another half hour listening to me and my guests? That's your problem, and I'm not a psychiatrist. Uh, today, I am uh, glad to have uh, a former speaker at Conversion Conference and a senior digital marketing analyst from Future Now, which is one of the premier uh, consultancies to help companies with improving their conversion rates, uh, Brendan Reagan. Welcome, Brendan. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, so you're up there in uh, sunny Seattle, I understand. Uh, everybody else is digging out from piles of snow, but I'm sure you have your squeegee ready, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're not terribly wet, but we're we're usually wet enough this time of year. <laughs> okay, so none of you East Coasters and you, Brendan, either want to hear that we've had about fifteen, seventy, and sunny days in San Diego this January. Is that a fair assumption? No, I want to hear that. I want to live okay. vicariously through you. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm afraid that would be a pretty boring life. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> thanks for joining. Um, so I, I know that you do a lot of work with your clients, uh, helping their business overall, looking at their analytics, coaching them to get the best results from testing. Um, are there any kind of common themes or problems that have emerged around that? Let's Let's focus on... What's wrong with their businesses? Are they trying to do the wrong things when they come to do business online in the first place? Um, sometimes, and, and we certainly sometimes have to go pretty high level to look at um, what, their, what they're offering, what their product offering is, or, or what their value proposition is to their, to their audience. A lot of times it's that they're not really paying attention to the data, so they can't really answer some of the tougher questions about what they're tracking, where they want their KPIs to go, and, and how quickly. Okay, those are KPIs. I'll just do the translation for folks that aren't acronym-enabled yet, uh, is key performance indicators. So most companies just track one or two key metrics to really see if their uh, online marketing or business metrics are uh, moving in the right direction. What are some KPIs that your clients use? Well, a lot of clients, when they first come to us, are kind of overly fixated on, uh, you know, an aggregate conversion rate, for example, which goes up a little bit, goes down a little bit, but generally it's it's fluctuating all the time, and, and they don't know why it won't move one way or another. They, they wring their hands when it goes down by a percentage point and that sort of thing. So we really try to break that down into um, more specific segments. Mm-hmm. So we can... So at- Averages hide a lot of problems, right? So, uh, on average, uh, you know, a seventy-year-old man in New York and a ten-year-old girl in San Diego is a forty-year-old hermaphrodite in Kansas City, right? <laughs> uh, I've never thought of it that way, but 
if I if I think about it in in our terms, it's um, you know a two percent conversion rate, for example, which is sort of industry standard for a lot of folks, hides some interesting things like people that are in the early stage of their shopping process or their buying decision process are converting at 0.25%. Uh, repeat visitors, repeat customers that are in the later stages of, of their comparison shopping and buying decision convert at 8.2%. And you end up with kind of a dumb metric, which is this 2% average. Okay, so is it possible to actually, uh, when you say you're kind of doing a psychological breakdown of what's their intent or how early are they in the buying process, but how do you actually do that? Is it possible to do behavioral kind of targeting and segmentation and actually break it out by those groups and uh, without having to do a lot of legwork? Um, it's it's not particularly easy, um, but you know that's part of the. Part of what we do for our clients is, is some of that legwork to look at things like um, what keywords brought the person to the site, for example, um, and what kind of buying intent can we can we see in those keywords, or uh, what type of pages are in their click path of their session, or you know how far did they you know how long was their session how deep was their session that sort of thing so yeah you can look at you can look at the data you can make some uh, some educated guesses about behavioral stuff and then you can start segmenting on it and you pretty quickly see that that a that an aggregate conversion rate is is not a good thing to be working off of okay but is there so, so it's it's nice to understand that you can you know break things down one way to do it is by intent and the stage of the buying cycle another is by traffic source of course you know doing uh your affiliate program is going to have a different conversion rate than your pay-per-click program or your direct type-in traffic that's already aware of your brand or probably kind of more pre-sold on you so you can break things down that way but where where do you kind of draw the line isn't there a kind of a quick point of diminishing returns you hit where it doesn't really make sense to segment or cut up into smaller buckets how do you make that determination i guess um we the determination is really based on what can we do relatively quickly just to give us some direction on where we need to be looking uh where where are the places on the site where the client is bleeding money essentially so yeah we don't we don't spend huge amounts of time on that and i think if you can get to I'd say, you know, half a dozen or less, you know, segments within your data set. I think that's probably a great start to um, start looking at what are the areas of focus. Okay. And then how do you zero in on which parts of the site to you can deal with uh, when you say you get to the points of greatest pain? Uh, so is it strictly on, on money or how do you make that determination? Uh, well, I think you know every every analyst probably has a few of their own sort of their own tricks or process, but you know so we want our listeners want to hear yours. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately the key is to be data driven as much as possible, and uh, we kind of have a process we go through when we do our first kind of shallow dive into analytics, um, and you know it's it's part of it is just training your eye to look for anomalies in the data, things of that nature. Some of it's pretty obvious, you know. Look at your look at your uh, conversion funnels. See where the largest drop off is, and then go take a look at those pages. Um, certainly, 
top landing pages that have uh, that have a high bounce rate, stuff like that, top keywords. It's really just how quickly can you kind of get to that that eighty twenty sense of you know here's the the twenty percent of of challenges on the site that are causing you eighty percent of your pain. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, so specifically, when you say looking for anomalies, what are some things, for example, that you you spotted, even if they're unique, you know, that, that kind of draw your attention? What does it mean to look for things of interest? Um, what's a, what's an example? Um, one thing that's that's interesting, for example, is to look at um, people who use uh, the Insight search tool on a site. So, you know, not search engine, but when you land on the site and then people start searching internally. The on-site uh, search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually we see that a very small percentage of people actually use that tool of on-site search. Um, but those who do tend to convert much, much higher than those who don't. And their contribution to overall revenue is often quite high. Um, and most people, I don't think, ever kind of think about that or notice that. So basically, from on-site search, you can tell what they're not finding easily. That's very helpful, the things to fix. And there are also folks, like you say, that are more engaged because they're digging into your site and using your search to try to find something instead of just bailing out. Uh, So just like Google tells you what they're interested in, your on-site search tells you what they're interested in on your site, right? Yeah, and it's it's a behavioral thing as well. Those who are searching on very specific terms, um, might have a, a different mindset than those who aren't. And again, you can segment on that and just use that to look for other interesting points. Okay, well, we're going to have to take a break here in a minute. But uh, before we do, I just want to, well, after we come back from the break, actually, I want to talk to you. And I'm thinking Future Now probably doesn't pay you very well because you've been driving the same old beater car for over 20 years. We're going to explore that a little with our friend Brendan Reagan after this break. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money 
You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash with LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and this week my guest is Brendan Reagan from Future Now. Uh, Brendan, you, you drive a, an old beater car that, if it was a person, would already be legal to drink. Isn't that true? Yes, I'm the sometimes proud owner of a 1990 Toyota 4Runner. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been waiting for that thing to die for what seems like a, many years now. I haven't, I'm not the first owner, but uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing performer. <laughs> so it's true what they say about those Toyotas. You, you, they just don't break. Uh, no, and I don't baby it by any means. So I'm just... Uh, like I said, waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for the engine to fall out of it, but it just won't die. Well, be careful with that other shoe dropping stuff because that's what causes the unintended acceleration, I understand. Yes, good point. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. So um, let's let's kind of focus in. You've you've done, obviously, a lot of testing and test design for, for clients. Uh, I want to know what you know, if I had to go back and write a book, I'd write a book about things that blew up and went sideways during a test. And I'm sure I could fill many, many volumes. Uh, do you have any uh, favorite uh, stories like that? Just really bizarre things that you'd never seen before? Uh, yeah, I've certainly got a few. Um, one of the things that, that has surprised me over the years is, you know, taking a, taking a winning test result and assuming that it will sort of work in a different place or on a different site or something like that. And then seeing the, basically the same, the same winning design turn around and, and bomb on, you know, a different page or a different site. That's always a bit of a surprise, but it, it seems to happen uh, fairly often. Okay. So what are the, some of the, the reasons for that? You're, so you're saying, okay, you tested it on one traffic source, for example, and tried to use the same page for another traffic source and it actually made things worse. Um, we had we had a client who had a couple different domains, different websites, but they were selling virtually the same thing to virtually the same audience. And we ran a, a, a design test on their shopping cart page and got a really nice, you know, double digit improvement. And so the, we were excited. The client was excited. And uh, the client said, well, I'm just going to roll this this same design onto my other site right away. And we said, well, let's, let's at least test that because we're making an assumption. And so we basically, you know, they, they copied the design over to this other shopping cart page and ran the test. And you can guess what happened. <laughs> yeah, pretty big drop. Yeah. It things made, actually made things worse. What, what was good for the goose was not good for the gander for some reason. No, one man's meat is another man's poison. Yeah. That's for all you vegetarians out there. 
Yeah, and we've seen some some goofy things with like subject line tests where we thought it was the worst subject line we'd ever seen. It had lots of capital letters and brackets in it and personalization and yet outperformed, you know, the well copyrighted crafted type of message. And so you just never know. Yeah. So I think that one thing that we learn over and over in, in our tests with clients is that um, we are not the target audience. And it's really hard to put yourself in the shoes of the target audience. So, yeah, I think one kind of possible cure for that is to test a really, really wide range of circumstances. A lot of times we we see very timid tests. It's like, well, this is a well-written headline and this is a well-written headline. And nobody tries the outside-the-box, really goofy headline. It's either going to fail and go down in flames or or spectacularly succeed. Would you say that's, that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. And and that was, uh, to me, that's the ultimate failure is to to run sort of a, a timid test uh, that takes too long and doesn't really ever reach significance. And so, um, yeah, not not having the, the bravery to be to be radical in what you're testing um, is is a mistake we've we've made and we've seen clients make. Yeah, and uh, is it true that it depends kind of on their corporate culture? In other words, the kind of the bigger, more conservative companies are, um, you know, more apt to do this. Absolutely, and you know, it's gone. It's, I think the worst case scenario for me was a was a client who uh, indicated that we would not be testing the homepage because the CEO had to approve every uh, design change that was made to the homepage. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, CEOs have nothing better to do. They're not running companies or anything, so they should be involved in micromanaging the test plan, right? Um, yeah, and and you know, I was surprised to hear that a that a you know a design major out of college had become CEO of a corporation. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, of course. That's their uh, what is it? How do they put it? Uh, highest and best use is to second guess test plans. Uh, no, we, we've actually we're we're just now about to launch a test for one of our clients, and it involves a kind of a pass through landing page from a large financial institution to sign up for kind of a um, you know a, an ancillary service after they've dealt with them. And you know, by the time we got it through legal and through their department, they had you know made the buttons gray. They had made the buttons really tame. They'd shot down half of our headlines, and then to add insult to injury, the call to action block you know the, the kind of uh, usually you have a, a, a lightly shaded area around the button and where you want the, the person to act with its own headline they said the background of the of the call to action block had to be the same color as the rest of the page in other words you can't have a call to action block yes death death by a thousand cuts yeah yeah exactly yeah so okay so timidity is is definitely one problem and so you really want to find a kind of champions within the company that are willing to shake things up and would you say it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission it really depends on on where the person sits in their organization and, and what's at risk you know i've certainly heard some stories of of people doing skunk works testing and guerrilla testing before they even let people know that they're testing, you know, get a couple wins under your belt before you even uh, go public with it. And we don't necessarily recommend that, but um, it's, it's very important at the beginning of, of a testing initiative, you know, to, to do it right. Um, 
lots of lots of companies dip their toes in the testing waters and and for whatever reason uh they kind of grind to a halt relatively quickly mm, well well what are some of the the reasons for that let's say you had a bad outcome with your initial test and you couldn't improve on the original page or design what what kind of reactions have you seen from clients in say that circumstance yeah and, and a lot of it depends on culture but certainly you know people view a losing test as a loss um and as a failure as, as a failure. failure and that's one way to look at it but the the better way to look at it is uh you know a fast and spectacular failure in a test is actually a good thing because you learn something very conclusive if nothing else you know never to do that again or not for a while <laughs> or not um, in the, in that context anyway sure you know and then you like you had mentioned you know you have this issue of things sort of getting watered down and watered down and legalized and by the time you get to the final test variation, it's not, it's hardly worth testing at all. Yeah. I mean, we normally uh, try to have, we give, we have this tension because when we do a full service test, we can just write a test plan for somebody and then they're welcome to go off and implement it. But if we're going to implement and be responsible for it, we'll give a, a performance guarantee uh, that the test will give you a certain percentage improvement. Right. And sometimes that's that, Plus the fact that we're telling the client they can have editorial approval is at odds with each other because we want a more radical test and they and they they have to approve it so they tend to kind of water it down and make it safer. Uh, so I think we can agree that you know you really need to fight the tendency to to water it down. The people at least in the testing program should be on your side. Would you, would you yeah. say that's fair? Absolutely, and and you know. There, the other the other value is you have to really start to value speed, right? You want to run many tests. You want them to be done quickly. You want to learn quickly, win quickly, and fail quickly. Okay, so let's uh, after the break, uh, we're going to come back here in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsor. I want to explore the concept of speed and its importance in all of this. So we're going to hear from our wonderful sponsors on webmasterradio.fm and be back in a blink. This is your host, Tim. LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. From domains to digital marketing, social media to blogging, you can reach this broad audience by using what you're listening to now. Reach the thousands of internet marketers that download and listen live to the premier on-air and on-demand podcast network. 
WebmasterRadio.fm with the Internet Marketing Channel. Our ad campaigns are fully integrated with multiple avenues of exposure, from slick, effective 30-second commercials to detailed, informative 30-minute town hall meetings. Expose your products and services to listeners and podcasters of not just shows like Market Edge and Domain Masters, but anyone looking for ways to market their business with your product. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-server solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and continuing my interview with... Future Now is Brendan Reagan. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the need to fail, if not spectacularly, at least quickly, right? So let's talk about that a little more. Why is it important to uh, run tests quickly? Uh, well, certainly there's a couple there's a couple benefits to moving quickly. Uh, one is it may give you the opportunity to move more quickly than your competitors, which of course becomes a competitive advantage. Um, then there's the fact that if you, if you have a successful test and you get a win, the quicker you can get that winning uh, version of the landing page going to 100% of your traffic, the quicker you can start making that extra money. And uh, so, so end, a, that really adds yeah. up. Yeah, so really it's an it's a economic opportunity cost because it's a – you know, the, the, it's this is not some academic exercise where you're trying to find you know the perfect version of your page or build the Taj Mahal in one shot. You're trying to make money, and if you get an iterative step forward, if you're sure that something improves conversion, you should deploy it as quickly as possible. Yeah, build, I, build on that as a base. Certainly, yeah. I think I had in a blog post one time had written, you know, would you rather have a 10% lift in two weeks or a 12% lift in 15 weeks? Yeah, it's a well. It's a maybe, like you say, you should uh, you should definitely bank and take off the table whatever wins you're getting. In fact, I think there's a lot of confusion kind of on the statistics side. You see people using these testing tools, and they'll give you two thing, two pieces of information. One thing they'll tell you is how sure are you that you have something better your confidence that you found something better, mm-hmm. and then there's kind of the observed improvement. So. On average, this page is doing, say, 50% better than this other page, right? But most people kind of lump those together and they say, I'm 98% sure that I have something 50% better. And that's not true at all. It, it takes a lot more data to know how much better it is 
than just to know that it's better. And so our standard practice is just as soon as you found a better answer without even knowing how much better it is, deploy it. In other words, you just need to be confident in the fact that it is better and you don't necessarily need to even know how much better. Yeah, and you know, running consecutive uh, split tests is nice where you can just continue to challenge the winner with different things. As soon as you have a winner, deploy it and start challenging it right away. Yep, and then uh, one thing, you know, the, we hear from clients that, uh, well, they're not sure that the winning one's going to hold up, and that's why they want to kind of run longer. But as you said, you, you don't do that at the cost of losing the company money. I think the right way to handle that, I don't know if any of your clients have done this, is to keep running the original one, say the one that lost, at a 5 or 10% level, give it still a little traffic, and just make sure that over time the, your new one is still beating it because that's all you really care about. Uh, if yeah. it starts crossing and going back the other way where the original does better, then you know that something shifted in your traffic or the behavior of those people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another thing to think about is that the way the way people behave on the web and, and websites and this whole world of online marketing changes so fast that, you know, you may want to be retesting your assumptions quarterly regardless. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. But that doesn't mean leave a test running for an entire quarter. It means take your wins, move on to something else, and then maybe go back and challenge that assumption down the road a little ways. Yep, just just by you know verifying it in a quick retest or maybe a small follow-up test or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I think uh, I appreciate you, you sharing your, your insights from the trenches uh, with our listeners. Uh, just if folks want to get a hold of you, um, are you going to be at any shows uh, or conferences coming up? And what's the best way to reach you? Well, uh, I know uh, Future Now is going to be at the Conversion Conference coming up, the Conversion Conference West. I'm not sure if I'll be there. I probably will. And uh, otherwise, people can find us at futurenowinc.com. Or they can check out our blog, which is grok.com.com. Grok.com, period. Dot com. Com, right. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, Brendan, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, hope to see you out in San Francisco, March 14th and 15th at conversionconference.com. And uh, really appreciate being here. We'd love to have you back sometime. Great. Thanks a lot, Tim. My pleasure. And thanks again, listeners, uh, for tuning in to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. 